Well, hello, and welcome to the RCC Podcast. We are so glad you chose to join us today. It is our hope that you are inspired, challenged, and learn something new. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning. Um, This is my second chance at this, so hopefully I do better than the first. No, I'm just kidding. Um, We're going to be in Romans today, and Romans is a a letter that Paul wrote uh, to the church that was in Rome. And and it, we'll get to there later that it's important that we understand that this letter wasn't just written to the Jews that were the part of the church in Rome, but it was also written to those who were Gentiles, which would be most of us, because uh, most of us are not Jewish. So that's the rest of it. So it's this church in, in Rome that's these two groups of people that are together, and he's written this letter to them. And this is just part of it. And this morning, he, he begins, and he talks about salvation. And we've been talking this, in this Go series, and, and Stephen did a great job last week kicking it off and getting us going, and, and um, out of Jesus' words that we're to go and to make disciples and to teach them all things that he's taught us and to baptize them and uh, to make these disciples. And so this morning, as we're going to dig into this, um, would you just pray with me for a moment as we get started? Holy Father, this morning, as we dig into your word, I just ask that um, you would open up our hearts and our minds, and Lord, that you would help me. Um, hide me behind the cross. Help me speak your words, and Lord, may I do it clearly, in Christ's name, amen. So I'm going to get start just right out from the get-go, right at the beginning of verse 5, because it's important, because Paul's talking here about salvation, is how are we saved? And the very first thing that he says is, well, here, this is the first way you could do this. This is how the, the Jews used to do salvation, and he says, Moses writes that the law is the way. That's how you're made right with God, by obeying everything that's written in the law. That's a lot of stuff, if you begin looking at what's written in the law. There's a lot. If you read the first five books of the Bible, that's the law. That's what Moses was talking about. So you have to do everything correctly that's in those first five books of the Bible in order to have salvation according to the way things that were in Moses' time. That's a pretty tough chore. But then Paul goes on and says, but faith's way of getting things right with God is different. It's this way. Now, it's not that we go... Someone's got to go to heaven and, and get Jesus and bring him back here. Or not that someone's got to go down and bring him up and bring him back here. You see, so many times we get caught up in this idea that it's salvation is based on what we do. Well, if I'm just a good person, if I just do these good things, if I just go to, to RCC on Sunday morning and, and I show up to maybe my, my life group, or, or if I'm just a nice person, I help the person out here and there. Or if I don't cuss and swear and chew and hang out with folks who do, or whatever you want to say. You know, it's, it's based on what we do. But that's not what salvation is about. Paul goes on and he tells us, let me, let me make this clear for you folks. In fact, this is what the message is. It's really very close at hand. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart. It's in the things that you say and the things that you believe. Did you get that? It's in the things that you say and the things that you believe, because really what you say comes out of what you believe. And he made it very clear to us that this is what salvation is, and he goes on, this is the message that we've been preaching to you, I want you to understand that, but if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, and you understand that you're made right by believing in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, salvation really is a pretty simple thing, but it's a tough thing sometimes. He wants to make that very clear to us. It's what you say and what you believe. Anyone who trusts him will never be disgraced. Now, this is kind of, we get to this place that he begins talking about the Jews and the Gentiles. And he wants us to understand that salvation is not just for the Jews. Because there are a lot of Jews that believe that, hey, you know, we have the market on God. God's not for anybody else. 
But that's not the case. Paul is writing it just as Jesus said, that it's for everyone. In today's day, you know, we're not so much separated by Jews and Gentiles, but maybe we're more caught up in the idea, well, it's not for the Muslims. Or it's not for the, the Hindus or the Buddhists, or it's not for these atheists, or it's not for the, this group of people or that group of people. The gospel is for everyone. Everyone can be saved through this good news of Jesus Christ. And then he goes on. Because Paul wants to make it clear. He says, you know, but how are they supposed to hear that? How are they supposed to know this? How do you know the, the good news? How do you know the gospel if no one has ever told you? If no one ever told you that Jesus died on the cross for you, that God raised him to life again, that he lives, that he's coming back for you, that he saves you, if you'll believe on him and confess his name, you can have this salvation too. If no one ever shared that message, how would anybody know? And how can they hear unless somebody tells them? And how will anyone go except that they're sent? Now, last week, Stephen did a good job about telling us about how we were sent. Jesus clearly said, go. So everybody in this room that is a believer in Christ, you have been sent. No excuses, you've been sent. And it says your feet are beautiful. I don't know about feet being beautiful. Because feet are usually the ugly part of our bodies, right? Nobody likes their feet. They're, they're just, they're just, they're just, but Paul goes on and says that you know, the, your feet are beautiful because you bring the good news. And the message goes out through the whole world. I, uh, I have this friend, and his, his name's John, and John is a, a very excitable person. John tells everybody about the things that he's excited about. That's just who he is. And there was a time a couple years ago when, when Peter Pitt came to Toledo, and he went to Peter Pitt, and it's like, oh, Peter Pitt is the greatest thing ever. And not only did he tell, he tell everybody, he put it on his Facebook and he put it on his Instagram and on his Twitter and all this kind of stuff and told people. And in the very first week that Peter Pitt was here and was open, he discovered it. He was there like five times to eat at Peter Pitt. That's how John is. And he's so excited. He tells everybody about the things that he's excited about. And that's really the same way that we are to be with Jesus and what God's doing in our lives. And so we're supposed to be excited about what God is doing in our lives. But sometimes we struggle with that. We get our world glasses on, if you want to call it that. I don't know, maybe it's the best way to explain it. But we get things upside down. We start focusing on things that aren't the right things. Things that are, are, that are messed up. And we forget about who God is. Sometimes we get more excited about what our kids are doing or what our favorite team is doing or whatever it is. And we talk about those things and we, instead of being excited about what God is doing. There's a story in Mark Almost kicked that over. In Mark, um, about a father and a son and, and Jesus. And it's not the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, but this is father comes and he's there with the disciples, and his son has been possessed by this demon. And this demon just does terrible things to his son, throws him in the fire, tries to drown him, throws him on the ground, just makes his life miserable. And his father was come to the disciples and he says, Can you help me? So disciples are trying to pray and cast out this demon. They can't seem to do it. And then Jesus walks into the scene. He asks what's going on. And the father begins to explain all these things that have been taking place with his son's life. And he says to Jesus, if you can help me, will you please do something? And Jesus' reply is probably one of the, I don't know, it's, it's one of those things that really sticks out to me. And he says this, if I can, can you just hear Jesus saying that? If I can? Are you serious? Do you realize who I am? If I can, 
But that's a place that we find ourselves a lot of times, right? We find ourselves, well, well God, if, if you can do something, will you do something about this? And then the Father responds this way. I believe. Help my unbelief. I believe. Help my unbelief. And that's a lot of times where we're at. Help my unbelief. You see, we, we come to this situation where we're supposed to share a faith. We know we're supposed to share a faith. It's there in Scripture. It's written there, and Paul said it. Jesus sent us. We know we're supposed to do that, but we're afraid. Like, am I supposed to have this, like, 10-point sermon that I'm supposed to give the people about Jesus dying and being raised? Am I supposed to follow the Roman road and follow these different points, and, and that's how I lead people to Jesus? Am I supposed to follow this huge book, Evangelism Explosion? Have you read that? It's like all these 34 questions I'm supposed to ask people. It's ridiculous. Is that what I'm supposed to do to share the gospel with people around me? And, and God, can you help me to do it? Because I'm not sure you can. I'm not sure you want me to. And we struggle with that. And we sit in that place and we go, I don't know. And we worry. This morning, I want to share a, a tool with you. Um, I stole it. It's not mine. Um, a guy, a pastor named Jeff Vanderstelt. It's in his book, um, Gospel Fluency. And uh, he shares this tree, and he just kind of walks us through. I want to walk us through this this morning. Um, this is it's the first part here. And this, this tree is an example now. So if you want to pull out your phone, this would be a good time, and take a picture of that. That way you have it for later, and there'll be another one. You can take a picture of that for later, because this is a tool I'm going to put in your hands, and you can use it. If you don't want to take a picture, that's okay. It won't freak me out. Um, but you see on this tree, there's these things, right? There's desire for control and worry and fear and anxiety. And this pastor's having this conversation with his wife. And she's having these things, these feelings. She's anxious. She feels out of control. She's worrying. And these are like the fruits on the tree. And it's fall. And I don't know but you. I love to go to the apple orchard and pick apples off the tree. There's something special, the cool, crisp morning, and the apple, you're taking a bite into it, and it's cold and crisp. There's nothing like it. But this is fruit. It's the fruit that's born on this tree. And here's some fruit, and we see it this morning. He begins asking these questions and goes, well, you know, you're having these feelings. So um, what does it say about who you are? Who am I? And so she responds to him and goes, well, she goes, I'm not in control, but I want to be. I need to be. I need to be in control. Have you ever felt that way, that you're out of control, but you want to be? And so she's having these feelings. This is who I am. And he goes, well, what has God done? And she began to explain to him, I feel like God stopped loving me. I, I believe that he's lost control of what's going on in our lives. And I feel like he's abandoned me. That's some pretty powerful stuff she's saying. This is a pastor's wife. I mean, come on. She's supposed to know everything and, and be super faithful and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and she's strong, she's, but she's confessing these feelings that she's having and what she's believing about God in that moment. And then as the question comes is, well, who is God? He's unloving. He's not powerful. He's absent. And it kind of took him back. I mean, it's not the things you expect to hear out of your wife and all those kind of things. And 
and they're living by faith and all that, but here's this confession, this confession of sin, this unbelief. This is a thing that the father was saying to Jesus, help me in my unbelief. These are the things. And she's confessing these sins that I, in this moment, in this time, these things that are going on in our lives, this is how I feel about God. That he's unloving and he's not powerful and that he's absent. And then he asked her this question. Is this what you really believe? You see, all trees, they have leaves and they have a trunk, but down bottom they have this root, right? This root. And that's where things come from. So the root of what's happening here is her belief about God is producing this fruit that's up there. Well, we're going to get there. We're good there. So Jesus walking through this. So he walks through the rest of the story, right? He walks through the rest of the tree, the other side. There's two trees, right? And so here's this one is confession of faith. Well, he goes, is that what you really believe about God? And she's, no, that's not what I really believe about him. So what do you believe? I believe that he's love. I believe that God is love. I believe that he's powerful. I believe that he's in control. I believe that he's always present. Those are the things that she really believes, and she begins to confess them with her mouth, doesn't she? Well, what has God done? Jesus died for me. He rose from the dead. I have the Spirit of God in me. Well, who are you then? I'm loved. I'm not alone. I am more than a conqueror through him. It's confession of faith, right? Those are the things that take place. And the problem is, to see, we a lot of times we live in this world of this unbelief, these things that we believe about God that really aren't true, and that's how we affect what we're saying and how we're acting and the things that we're doing and the life that we're living because we're not holding on to the things that are really what we believe. We're holding on to these things that, well, God's not here. He doesn't really care about me. He must not care about me because he's not helped me in this situation. Is that what you really believe? No, we probably really believe that God's this awesome, mighty, powerful, loving God who sent his one and only son to die for us that we might have life and relationship with him and all these things that we don't deserve. There's a, a story about this lady who was in her small group and she began to complain about what was taking place in her life and the fact that she continued, continued to get passed up for um, promotions and, and raises and she's just really frustrated. And so she began to share these things with her small group and what would oftentimes happen is we'd be like, oh, yeah, we'd begin to empathize with her. Like, oh, yeah, you're a really good worker, and you deserve a raise, and your boss is a jerk, and those kinds of things. But we, she didn't say that. That's not what happened from her group. Her group began to say, well, wait a minute. What do you really deserve? Well, I deserve death, don't I? Because it wasn't for the grace of God, I deserve death. I don't deserve the, this family that's loving me and, and caring about me and sharing the gospel with me. I don't deserve the job that I have or the health that I have. I don't deserve those things. And someone else spoke up on, and yeah, you, you are a great worker, but you don't work for your boss. You work for God and for his glory. Oh, yeah, that's true. And look at all the good things that, that God has given you, all the things that God has blessed you with. Oh, you're right. I've kind of forgot about those things. So many times we get caught up in the wrong view, our unbelief. And so this morning, I just want to take a, a moment with you, and I want to walk you through this first tree. 
And then the second tree, where are you this morning? What are the things that you're feeling? What's feeling causing you to feel anxious or fearful or worry or out of control or pop in the word that describes what you're feeling this morning? How are you feeling? What are the fruits that you're expressing? What's growing on that tree? What does it say about who you are in this moment? What has God done? Do you feel abandoned this morning? Do you feel like he's not powerful enough? Do you feel like he's not in control of things? What does it say about what you believe about God this morning? He's not powerful. He doesn't love you. He's not close. He's unable to to meet me in my situation. Oh, he loves that person, but he doesn't love me. What does it say about you? And this morning, you don't have to to confess it out loud. Um, You can confess it in your own heart and mind. But then I want you to think this morning, what are the things that you do believe about God? Do you believe that God is love? Do you believe that God is powerful? Do you believe that God can do amazing and wonderful things? One of my favorite passages of scripture is Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, and it talks about that God can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. Immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. Some of us have really big imaginations and some of us have really small imaginations, but God can do immeasurably more than that. Is that what you believe this morning? And as we begin to think about those things and, and begin to confess those, well, yeah, God can do immeasurably more than what I can imagine. What has God done? Well, God's, he sent his son to die for me. He's, he's acted in my life in the past, and he's going to act in the present. He's going to act in my life in the future. And who does that make me? That makes me a loved child of God. And it's when we get to the place that we grasp and we begin to produce this fruit of peace and love and joy and hope in our lives that people begin to see that fruit. And we begin to share and tell stories about what God is doing in our lives. It doesn't have to be, I've got this here. Let me share the gospel of Jesus dying and coming back to life and saving us. Because people oftentimes aren't ready for that. They want to hear what, how God's acting in your life and the important things that he's doing in your life from the, you know, I lost my job or, you know, I had an accident or I'm worried about my child's health or whatever it is or you know, test at school. Are we stressing over those things? Are we believing that God can help us in those things? Because when people begin to hear that gospel, the gospel that God is active in our lives and everything, not just in our salvation, not just in the, the place that he has saved me from my sin, but the fact that he's active in my life in all areas of my life. Then we're sharing the gospel in ways that I didn't need to have to know a bunch of stuff. I just had to brag on God. I just had to be excited about Peter Pitt. Right? I just had to be excited about what God was doing in my life. And so many times we forget about that. And so how are they going to hear? We know what the gospel is. The gospel is that God has come. He sent his son to die for us. But it didn't stop there. He continues to be active and powerful in our lives. And that's still the gospel. That's still the good news of a powerful God who's still active in our lives. And as we confess that, because that's what we believe, as we confess that, people are hearing it. And as they're hearing it, they're hearing the gospel. So what takes place then? Faith comes by hearing. 
hearing by the word of God. So this morning, as we close these things up, as we begin to wrap all this up, take this tool with you. I mean, when you begin to feel these feelings, begin to see these fruits that aren't the spirit fruits, you know, the, the love, joy, peace, patience, all those kind of things. When I begin to feel aggravated and anxious, I begin to worry, and I'm, I'm struggling to have control of things I don't, shouldn't have control of. I can begin to look at, okay, what am I believing about God in this moment? This morning, we've been sent to go. Go and share the good news. But a lot of it just begins with what I believe in the moment about God and what he's doing in my life because people need to hear that God is an everyday, every moment God. And then they walk into that place that, yeah, salvation, how do, you, how do I get to know? How, what's salvation about? And then we can get to share those things that'll be so simple. We pray this Will you pray with me this morning, please? We hope you were inspired, challenged, and learned something new. For more information about our church, visit our website at redemptioncitychurch.tv. Have a great week.